following message is from Christian Life Austin. For more information about Christian Life, please visit clcaustin.com. Thank you for listening. So, I told you Sunday, I, I led the service on Sunday, and we were talking about in you know Super Bowl Sunday and wearing your favorite jersey on Sunday and I I told you that Windsor my 7-year-old is just dying for a Tom Brady jersey right you you probably remember this and I had people come up and offer to purchase one for him you know after church and I was like you're crazy my son's not going to get a Tom Brady jersey it's not going to happen no they win too much and that's the reason I don't like them. They're too good. I just want to share a, a praise report for my seven-year-old that my mother <laughs> who might hear this podcast, we love you, Mom. She bought him a Tom Brady jersey, and it's gonna be at my doorstop or my doorstep on Friday. So when I told him the news, he was going bananas. You would think I can't. E- I don't know. It, I was frustrated and sad all at the same time. <laughs> hey, did you hear, did you hear that um, scholars have taken the two teams that are playing in the Super Bowl and they have figured out through the Word of God what the score is going to be on Sunday? I know you think this is weird. In fact, somebody in the church showed me this before church tonight. And I just want to tell you, listen, that the Lord might have a favorite team. I, I don't know. I can't speak for him on that. But, but check this out. Let me, tell, let me show you how they've come to this conclusion. The Bible mentions eagles 33 times and the goat, the greatest of all time, 42 times. So the Patriots are going to win by nine. I'm just telling you, that's... That's the Bible, folks. I don't... uh. Don't believe that, please. Please don't believe that. Hey, it really is an honor to stand before you any time that I have the privilege of standing in front of such an incredible group of people and to stand in the pulpit that our senior pastor fills every single week is a tremendous honor. And I promise you that I want to do my best tonight to bring the Word of God to you. And we're going to to launch a brand new series. But let me set the stage for you tonight um, because it's a, a different kind of series for us. And I think it's going to be a lot of fun. And I think that you're going to learn a lot throughout the course of these next several weeks. But as many of you know, especially if you've been following Jesus for any length of time, that, that Jesus came and lived his life on this earth for 33 years. He paid for our sins on that old rugged cross, as the song says. And then three days later, he was He was resurrected, and then he would spend 40 days or so just hanging out, right, in his glorified body. The Bible talks about this, and he would kind of pop up and show up from time to time, giving his final instructions to the disciples. And one of those final instructions was to go to Jerusalem and wait. And in about 10 days, the Bible instructs us, he tells them, listen, I'm going to birth the church. 
I'm going to birth the church, and it's going to be pretty exciting. You, you're not going to want to miss this, fellas. Listen, uh, it, this is going to be an epic day. And so you and I, we know this as the day of Pentecost. And so they have this day of Pentecost, and the church was born. And when the church was born, it looked differently than the way that a lot of people had it built up in their mind. What they thought it was going to be, it really wasn't exactly what they thought it was going to be. And, and isn't it interesting that, that to this very day, people mock and reject something that they don't fully understand? Because here's what happens. If we don't understand something, we, we tend to either stay away from it or, or make fun of it when it actually can be quite good for us. And I think that they were rejecting something that would actually benefit them if they knew what it was all about. And so this series that we're, we're jumping into, this is what this series is all about. And I want to show you the verses and then we'll, we'll really dive into what we're going to talk about tonight. But the church was born in Acts chapter 2. And it says when it was born that people were both amazed... And perplexed. Now that, that's an interesting dynamic. So people, you had people that were saying, well, what's going on? This is weird. This is different than, than anything we've ever expected. But it's kind of exciting at the same time. Like this is, this is kind of, uh, there, there's an attraction here. I can't really explain it. But there was those that were thinking, I, I don't really understand all of that. I, I, I can't really grasp exactly what's happening here. And so they asked one another, right, what, what does all this mean? <laughs> what, is, what does this actually mean? And some actually 2,000 years ago it happened and it happens today. Some people would make fun of what would happen and they, they said, listen, something's wrong with these people. <laughs> Something is, something is drastically wrong with what's happening with this church. In fact, they just, they've got to be drunk. Like that, That's the only explanation that we can give in this moment, is that they are just totally wasted. That, that would be the only thing that would make sense of what's happening with these people right now. They've had way too much wine. And one of the disciples of Jesus, perhaps you've heard of Peter... Peter did what I want to do for our church this evening. He stood up with his, his other disciples and he raised his voice and he addressed the crowd in that moment. And in essence, he would tell them, listen, fellow Jews and all who live in Jerusalem, I, I need to explain something to you. I, I want you to understand this. Listen carefully to what I have to say. These people... No, 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 they're not drunk. See, you think it's that. You, you think they're drunk, but it's not really that. that. That's not really what it is. See, if you thought it was that, then I would advise you to stay away because I would stay away as well. No, no, no. It's actually, listen, it's actually something that you've been waiting for. Hear me, this, this might not be what you think it is. It, it might be something totally different than what you thought that this actually was. 
So this is what we're going to do over the next several weeks, and it's kind of where we're getting the series title from, is a, a, a little phrase in the King James Version, right, where, where it says this, this is that which is spoken by the prophet Joel, this is That in other words, this is the prophecy that you've been waiting for, that you've been reading about your whole life, that you've actually been wanting, and now it's here, and you think it's something, but it's actually something totally different than what you think it is. And so tonight, we are starting a brand new series entitled, This is that And our goal over the next several weeks really is to clarify a few topics in the Bible that, that quite frankly, I, I believe that many of us don't fully understand. And because we don't understand it, we tend to shy away from it. And we want to explain these ideas and these topics in a way that, that maybe will, will allow you to move towards it instead of step away from it. And so tonight we are going, we're going to talk about a fun subject tonight. I'm excited to preach to you tonight. Tonight we are going to talk about praise and worship. Yeah, it's going to be fun. Because this is one of the areas, let's be honest, this is one of the areas, and I've kind of seen it play out, honestly, not exactly in the scenario that I'm about to bring you, but in its own way, where, where you might walk in on a Sunday morning thinking to yourself, or even on a Wednesday night, wow, I love Pastor Rex's preaching, but I just, I got to walk in 20 minutes after the service starts because that, that music, it's a little too wild. I mean... It's loud, that drummer, he just, woo, a bass player, Pastor Randy sings too high, I come in, the bass is shaking, right? Come on, some of us have done this, and I'm not knocking you, but I'm just going to walk you through this tonight. There's too, it's, it's too much emotion for me. There's too many hands in the air. I don't know what to do. I mean, I walk in and I see tears rolling down people's faces. I see hands clapping. I see people singing loudly. And listen, if you're not familiar with a spirit-filled environment, there could be a lot of misconceptions as it relates to praise and worship and, and what takes place here on a Sunday morning and on a Wednesday evening. And that's why tonight I thought I would do what helps me. I want to try to give you the why behind what we do. I want to give you the why behind the way that we worship. And it's really important because the whys determine your way. You, you do what you do based upon your whys. Right? That this is how you form your ideas. And once you, once you form those, you start to act accordingly. So why does worship look the way that it does here at Christian Life Church? Why does worship look like it did in the Bible times? And I want to do my best tonight to give you a a few reasons why it might look the way that it does. And if you're taking notes, here's here's the first way. The first reason is this. Because God asked for it. Simple as that. God asked for our worship. And I I wanted to start with this because I really want to reinforce something else to you. And it's one of these things that God gets to call the shots. Right? Like, like if you're God, you get to say what goes and what doesn't go. 
If you're God, you get to say what you want and what you don't want, right? If you're a parent, you get to tell your kids what you want, how they need to behave, how they don't need to behave. And if they don't behave, what happens? You reinforce it, right? If not, you're crazy. And seriously, in this day and age, and in my generation, and even generations under me as well, we're, we're debating these things in culture that culture is trying to figure out when really we have no business debating certain things. What we need to do is open the Word of God, and the Word of God is very clear on certain things, right? Like, we don't get to call the shots on some of the things that we're trying to call the shots on. Guess what? If you are calling the shots in your own life, chances are he's not as much God to you as you think he is. If you don't like the way that He presents it in the word. And if we don't do it the way that he asks for, then listen, chances are he's not your God anymore. He's just your convenient religion on a Sunday. I'm not trying to be ugly. Trust me, you you know my heart. But I'm, I'm telling you, listen, there's some things in the word of God that are very clear. And we're not God. We don't get to call some of the shots, and we got to be okay with that. Listen, this is this sounds this sounds dumb, but I'm just dumb enough that if His Word said, "You know what worship looks like to me, church? Here's what I want you to do on Sunday. I want you to get a Q-tip in your left hand and a Q-tip in your right hand, and then I want you to stick those Q-tips in both of your ears and walk into church, and that's what worship looks like to me." If that's what His words, guess what? I'd probably be in here on Sunday with two Q-tips in my ear. Yeah, all right, woo. Because I don't get to call the shots. Because he's my God. And my God calls the shots. He asks for worship. He asks for your worship. He asks for my worship. I'm not going to try to figure out why. No, no, no. He's, he's God. All right, God. It's yours. It's your world. I'm just living in it. Seriously. Like, you created all this. Okay, God. He didn't just ask for it one time. You, you know this, right? You've read his word. He, he made the longest, biggest book of the Bible about this. Psalms. Like, 150 chapters full of praise and worship and how much he likes it and how much he, he enjoys praise and worship. And then it's all throughout the Bible. This is a big deal to God. Well, it's not really my style. I don't really, I'm not much of a worshiper. I just like to come in and hear the word. The Bible says, praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And listen, that word in the Hebrew, the the grammar literally, it's a command. 
Do it. It says, no, 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 I'm not asking. Would you like to praise the Lord? That's not what it says. It says, hang on, praise the Lord, period. Like, like you just come in and you just praise him because he asked for it. Not, well, I don't know. No, 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 just praise the Lord. It's in the Bible. Well, I just praise him in my heart. No, 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 that, that's not what Psalm 150 says. In fact, it says, praise him in his sanctuary. It says, praise him in his mighty heavens. And watch, it says, praise him with the sounding of the trumpet. Praise him with the harp and the lyre. Not a person who's not telling the truth. It's a stringed instrument. You don't have to worship with a lyre next to you. It's not, not, that's not in there. Praise him with the timbrel and with the dance. I didn't put it there. God put it there. Praise him with the strings and with the pipe. It gets worse. Praise him with the clash of the cymbals. If I knew where the drumsticks were, I just might go bang on the cymbals. But I'll break something and Josh will make me pay for it. And I'm not doing it, Josh. Don't worry. Praise him with the clash of the cymbals. In fact, it doesn't even stop there. He says, listen, let those bad boys resound. I mean, just get after it. Praise the Lord. Let everything that has breath praise the Lord. And if you still didn't get it, he says it again. Praise the Lord. He asked for it. We might as well praise him. Come on, y'all don't get wild on me. (laughs) Praise the Lord. Here's a, a second reason that worship looks the way that it does here at Christian Life Church. Really, reason number one is enough, but if we need another one, here it is. Praise is our purpose. Let me say it this way. Revelation chapter 4 and 11 says that it is for his pleasure that we are created. So we sing, worthy is the lamb who was slain. We worship him because it brings him pleasure. It's our purpose. Let me make it practical this evening. Y'all, can I get in your face a second? Just stay with me. Church isn't just about you and me. Right? That's hard for some of us to understand. I, I know, but, but, but it's not. A, a lot of it is. Don't get me wrong. And I hope that you come in here and I hope that you get encouraged and I hope that you get what you need when you come here. I hope that you, you learn the Bible and, and you experience his presence. But, but you and I can't come in here thinking every Sunday and every Wednesday, man, I hope that preacher gets, yeah, I hope he preaches good because if he doesn't preach good, then I just, oh, I don't know, I'm, I'm never going back if it's not the sermon that I need. And if Pastor Randy doesn't sing an old song tonight, if it's not tonight, if he doesn't sing the one that's on the radio, the one that I, the version that I like, if they play that song where the cymbals hit just one more time, it's not all about you and me. Part of it is coming into the house of the Lord and worshiping him because he gets glory, because he wants it, because it's our purpose and he asked for it. 
It brings him pleasure when we worship him. 1 Peter chapter 2. You are the church, a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession. And the next part of the verse tells us why. And this is interesting to me. That you may what? That you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness. It's okay to be excited about your Savior. It's okay to be excited out of the one who called you out of darkness. Let me give you a little secret that when we, when we start showing how excited we are about our God, can I tell you that the neighborhoods are going to start showing up, that your neighbors are going to start asking you, what in the world's happening to you? Your co-workers are going, whoa, what's that joy? I just don't have that joy. It's Monday morning at 9 a.m. You should not have joy. People, people will start coming. Listen, when you're excited about what's going on, when you're excited about your Savior. This is awesome. Like Sunday, maybe. Sunday. There was a lady who lives in our neighborhood, and you might be here tonight, and I honor you if you're here tonight. Someone shared our Facebook stream from Second Service, and this lady was connected to whoever shared it. She lives in the neighborhood. She's watching the worship service. This was at the very beginning, and there's, you, know, you can comment on live events. And so she comments, and she says, where is this? And our media team, this is during worship, our media team comments back, telling her, this is Christian Life Church, our address, who we are, all that stuff. She responds back, this is awesome, I love this. <laughs> they sing like that at church? <laughs> our media team responds, we do at our church. You know what she responded? Let me get my kids dressed. We'll be there in about 10 minutes. Come on, I'm telling you, when you get excited about your God, people are going to start coming in ways that you never dreamed possible. You want to be a witness in your community, get excited about your God and notify your face. And guess what? She was here third service and we met her. She showed up with her kids. And you know what else she said? I'll be back. This isn't fake. This isn't conjured up. We're just a group of people excited about the God that we serve. A third reason. We could go all night. What? Oh, Lord, it's 8.15. I got to go. The third reason that worship looks the way it does, and I can't stay here long, but we worship God just for who he is. I think sometimes we forget how great God actually is, right? Like, like you'll go to a movie that you have no clue what the movie's about, but you know the actor that's in the movie. You'll go to it because of who the actor is. 
You, you'll pay all kinds of money to go to a concert to listen to somebody sing because of who they are. You'll go to a sporting event and pay bukus of money to get the best seats to watch that athlete because of who they are. Can I tell you what the Word of God says? Psalm 145 says, Great is the Lord. And because of that, now He is worthy of all praise. Watch. His greatness no one can fathom. I almost use the LeBron James reference when it comes to greatness. LeBron James uses the phrase greatness, the word great. Listen, listen, Mr. King, LeBron James, listen. There, there is one that is greater. And you can't even fathom how great he is. Well, I did use the LeBron James reference. I said I was about to. I almost did, and I just did it. Psalm 48, great is the Lord, and he's most worthy. Psalm 96, great is the Lord, and most worthy to be praised. i got to move on to the next one. Number four, the reason that worship looks the way it does, and this one might help you, is because we worship him for what he's done. See, and here's what's interesting is that from time to time, and we've all been there, trust me. Man, they're a little crazy over there. Right? You've heard that. That church, they're wild. You got friends that, y'all clap your hands, you're a hand-raising church? Yeah, we are. Yeah, that's what we do. We believe in that. Yeah, we, we clap our hands, we sing. You know why? And, and, and perhaps you've had the idea to, to look down the end of your row sometimes and think, good a little crazy over there. <laughs> but here's what you don't know is that the person that, that's exuberantly worshiping, that's weeping, yes. that's got their hands raised, that's putting their hands together with everything that they have. See, they used to be bound. They used to be addicted. But see, Jesus did something for them. And now they just, they just have to give him a praise. They just, I just got to thank you, Jesus. Hallelujah. <laughs> No, they're a, little, they're a little crazy over there. No, no, no. We're just excited about what he's done for us. You know, the religious mocked the woman who cried on Jesus' feet and then washed his feet with her hair. That a little over the top, a little too much. Jesus' response, he who has been forgiven much, loves much. In essence, listen, obviously, fellas, um, you haven't been forgiven yet, or you've been forgiven and you've forgotten how much you had been forgiven from. Because if you just take a trip down memory lane and kind of see where you've been and what you've done, then you'll realize that sometimes it's okay to throw your hands in the air, to allow the tears to flow, to put your hands together, to jump up and down.
You see, when you've been suicidal, you just, <laughs> you can't help it. You, you can't help but throw your hands in the air. when See, when you've had a marriage that was on the verge of splitting up, that you, you didn't think there was any way that it was going to happen, that you would actually get back together. And then there was that moment where, where God did something that you can't explain how it happened, but it did happen. See, when that kind of stuff happens for you, you can't help but get a little excited about what he's done for you. This is not a show. We're not putting on. We just love the one who has done everything for us. You know, it's funny when I told my mom or my, my son about what my mom had done, as upset as I was about the Tom Brady jersey. You know what my son did? He ran around the house just like a, just a crazy child. He was so excited over a jersey. Can you imagine some of the stories in this place? The restoration that's taken place. See, when you start to think about that, then the person at the end of your aisle who's clapping their hands uncontrollably, who's standing when everybody else is sitting, doesn't look so crazy. They look free. Let me show you in the Bible, Luke chapter 19, verse 37 through 38. The whole crowd of disciples, the disciples got beside themselves. They burst into enthusiastic praise. Why? The Bible says because of the mighty works that they had witnessed. And really, probably that they had experienced themselves. And wouldn't you know it? Of course. Some of the church crowd came around and in verse 39, Hey, hey, teacher! Better get your boys under control. Yeah, something's not right here. Jesus says, hang on. I just need to let you know something. That if they don't cry out. See those rocks over there? Those rocks are going to cry out. Because somebody is going to get excited about what's happening. Somebody's going to worship me. And if not you, it's going to be these rocks. You choose. heard about this and uh, I just I had to share it with you tonight. This is the perfect sermon to share this story with you. There is a military base in North Carolina called Camp Lejeune and it's very close to the interstate, so close to the highway that when F-16s come in and they land and they take off that it literally scares people. Like people that don't know what's happening, they stop everything and they think that something like something traumatic is happening. It scares them almost to death. Honestly, the stories are tremendous if you if you read about it. And they put a sign on the highway to kind of let people know what was going on. Here's what they came up with. Are you ready? Pardon our noise. It's the sound of freedom. 
And so sometimes on a Sunday morning when we come in here and the music's hopping and people got their hands in the air, listen, pardon our noise, it's the sound of freedom. He's done a lot for me. may be offensive to some, may be a little crazy to some, but when you've been set free, when you've been set free, number five, the reason that worship looks the way it does here is because worship changes Everything. You see, when you, you worship, there's this, this glorious exchange that takes place. Let's be honest, when we walk in on a Sunday or a Wednesday, we've got problems on our mind, and our problems are really, really big. You walk in, worship, 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 worship. Worship and somewhere in there, I can't explain how it happens, but it happens for me all the time. That there's the, the problems that are on my mind that are so big kind of start to fade away, and suddenly, my God, that I'm singing about, that I'm worshiping in that moment, you see, He becomes bigger than my problem. And worship starts to change the atmosphere. When you're having a bad day, you get some bad news in your car, you, you turn on that song, like my favorite song right now, and it has been for a long time. In fact, I think it just won a Grammy if I have the right song. I'm challenged with music, so I could be wrong. <laughs> Fear bow, hear now, Jesus you change everything. That starts to play when you get some, oh man, yeah, sure you still got the problem, but all of a sudden the one that you worship has become bigger than your problem. Things begin to change. I can't control some of the things that come my way in life. But I can control what's going on on the inside of me when I'm going through it. I can control what's happening on the inside, what I allow in when I'm going through it. Psalm 95. You know why it's called praise and worship, right? Psalm 95, 1 says this. Come let us shout praises to God. I love this. Some of y'all think it's crazy. This ain't me. This is the word of God. Raise the roof for the rock who saved us. Let us march into his presence singing praises. So it starts with let us shout praises to God. So we enter singing and shouting praises. But a few verses later, watch. Verse 6. So come, let us worship. Bow before him on your knees before God who made us. So we come in singing and shouting and then there's this transition to worship, right? Where it becomes intimate. Where it's not God is great, but it's God's you are amazing. See, you thought we started loud and fast because that's the way Pastor Randy liked it. 
Now there's, there's order. Biblical order. God is looking for authentic, heartfelt, sincere worship. People that have their hearts towards Him. And listen, speaking of, of order, let me, let me throw this in there. The book of Corinthians lets us know that all things are to be done decently and in order. Just like grace isn't a license to sin, this, this message and messages like this is not a license to be out of order. Right? It's not at all. And stay with me. You know my heart here. When, when you're drawing more attention to yourself than the one who we're worshiping, you might rethink it. The point of, of a worship service is for the attention to be on Him. Right? Decently in order. So how do we do this? How do we do this? I'm going to give you three things, then I'm going to be quiet. And we're going to sing a worship song. I'm just telling you. Y'all better be prepared. Let me give you a few things that might help you in your worship. The first one is this. You've got to worship based on choices, not on feelings. You're not always going to feel it. You're going to walk in here and you are going to be tired. But guess what? He still deserves worship. He still deserves praise. I don't worship when they play my, my song. I worship if they play the right song or if they don't play the right song. I, I'm still going to lift him up. And some of us walk in here, isn't this true, that I've done too many bad things this week that, that I would be a, a hypocrite if I put my hands together or if I lifted my hands. Listen, no, no, no. He knows what you've done and he still loves you. Your picture is still on his refrigerator. He likes it when you worship him. He enjoys it when you worship him. Habakkuk 3.17 says it this way. Though the fig tree does not bud. I want you to put this in your own vernacular here. Because this was written a while ago. I get that. There were no grapes on the vines. So my kids are acting up. I don't have any money. The olive crop has failed. The fields aren't producing any, any fruit or food. I'm broke. I, I'm literally, I can't even pay the bills. I'm so broke. Though there are no sheep in the pen, no cattle in the stalls, yet I will rejoice in the Lord. Listen, it's an act of will. You don't feel like it sometimes, but, but you got to choose to worship Him. The second thing that will help you in your worship is that we have to worship Him with everything that we have. I don't walk to church in here and golf clap Jesus, right? Come on, if I'm going to clap, you take that hand and you take that hand and you put those bad boys together and you make a noise, right? Make some sound for Jesus. You can tell the people, right? This is off topic. You can tell the people that haven't been around church, like at sporting events, if they're trying to clap, you can tell. If you, that's the stuff that goes through my mind. I'm sorry. <clears throat> Give him what he deserves. Every time that we walk in here, 
You and I should go all in. We expect this of our favorite teams. Hey, we want you to leave it all on the field. When you go out there, you, you leave it all. Sweat, blood, tears, everything on the field. And you cheer for them when they do it. Guess what? God wants the same thing from me and you. That we walk into his house. That we leave it all on the field. That we go all in. That we don't leave with something in our reserve tank saying, oh, I could have given that, but I just, uh, I just didn't have it in me tonight. Randy, if you'll help me. Share with you a quick little story in the Old Testament. King David was not in Jerusalem. They were traveling actually at this time and he needed to build an altar to sacrifice some animals and worship his God. And so he finds, he finds this guy who had a, a righteous home, the Bible would call it. And he said, listen, I need, I need to buy a spot in your house, a place in your house to do my worshiping. And the guy's like, uh, no, you are the king. I'm going to give it to you. You, I'm, you don't have to buy anything here. You are the man. I, I want you to have this. And, and you know what David said? Watch this, Second Samuel. No, no, no. I insist on paying you for it. I will not sacrifice to the Lord my God burnt offerings that cost me nothing. Come on, I know there's times when you're exhausted from a long day. But when you walk in here, come on, can you offer up a sacrifice of praise? Can you worship Him when you don't feel it? Can you worship Him when things aren't going the way that you want them to go? Don't do it at the level of your comfort. That's not my personal style. Don't make it based on you. Make it based on God and what brings pleasure to God. Jesus said it this way in Mark 12, 30. Love the Lord your God with all of your heart. Not just a quarter of it when you walk in on Wednesday because it's been a tough day. With all, with all of your soul. With all of your strength. There's a common word here. With everything. With all. All that we have. He's asking for. The third thing. That will help us in our worship. Is to worship. Expecting God to respond. I wonder what would happen if you were driving in your car already thinking about what God was going to do in the service that you were driving to. What would happen? How would you worship differently? If on the way here you were talking to God, God, I just need you you to touch my kids right now because they're acting crazy. But Lord, after you're done doing that, what would happen if you, you walked in here expecting God to respond to whatever it is that's happening? That if we, the message called for healing and you, you came down for it, that you actually believed that you could be healed from whatever it is that you're dealing with. I wonder what would happen if a church in South Austin would walk in knowing that God was going to show up and respond when we lifted him up. He inhabits the praises of his people, James 4 and 8. Listen, this is, this is important. 
I'm not asking you to worship like the person next to you. I'm not trying to tell you how to worship. You have to worship just like them or else. No, 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 no. Here's what I'm asking. That you move closer to God. That you, you just one step closer. The Bible says this in James 4. If you will come close to God, God will come close to you. I don't know about you, but that, that's where I am. I want to be close to him. Honestly, I don't care what you think. I don't care what you, Pastor Randy, I love you. But I want to be close to him, and I'm going to do whatever I need to do to be close to him. Would you stand with me all across this room? Listen, God's asked for it. We worship him for who he is, for what he's done, because worship changes everything. We're going to choose to worship not based on our feelings, but by choice, with everything that we have, and expecting God to respond. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to sing a song. and I want to give you an opportunity tonight to just connect with him. Now, I'm not asking you to go, if you're not used to this type of church, this type of worship that we talked about, I'm not asking you to go from zero to a hundred tonight. That's not it. I want you to just move a little bit closer to him, whatever that looks like for you. Would you worship him tonight with us as we sing? Pastor Randy, if you'll help us sing.